Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Let me tell you about my week, okay, uh, as I get ready to preach this morning. So Monday, Tuesday, uh, I was involved with a funeral in northern Indiana. So Monday, Ruthie and I drove to northern Indiana for a viewing in the evening, and then, then we had the Tuesday funeral. Scotty, I'm going to need you to help me here again. Uh, we're dropping off for some reason all of a sudden. Uh, so what that meant was Monday, Tuesday, we just ate up with taking care of that. Wednesday, came back for the Bible study, got ready for that. And here's what you may not know. Ruthie and I are actually going on vacation. As soon as this service is over, we're getting in our car and we're going west. We're going, uh, which if you're listening online, please don't rob my house, anybody, okay? Because I just told the world. Uh, We're going on vacation for a week. Not that I don't trust you guys, but anybody can get on. Uh, They're thinking, wow, Pastor Barry, you don't have much confidence in me. Um, So that meant I had to get ready not only for this past Wednesday, but get ready for the Wednesday after that. So we recorded next Wednesday's uh, teaching, and and Christine's going to help us. So this this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be sitting, hopefully, on a beach in Branson, Missouri at the lake, and uh, I might or I might not tune in uh, to my teaching, but I want you guys to, so I hope you jump into our Bible study this coming Wednesday. It is recorded. It's already out there. It's already to go, ready to go. We're going to finish up our Galatians study this week and talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so we'd love to have you guys plug into that. So what that has meant for us is, um, what that has meant for us is, this has been an interesting week to get ready to preach this morning. Pastor Scotty, This is going to be an interesting week with this crazy thing as well. It doesn't want to keep going. Um, Now we're back, so never mind. Guys, if we're dropping off, we're just going to have to let it run. Hopefully it'll keep coming back. Pastor Scotty keeps coming up and back and forth, so we'll we'll see whether this works out or not. Hopefully we'll stay online here for a moment. There's about twice a year God will do this to me. I'm the guy that likes lots of notes. I like to be prepared. I study. I, I, I notes. I know what I'm going to say. I've got the message put together. About twice a year God will put me in a place where he just gives me a a, a sentence, a topic, a scripture, a passage, and says go. And and I don't have that stuff put together. And this is one of those weeks, and it's not for lack of trying. And God, I really believe this. I believe I I heard God's voice say this to the congregation this morning, and I preached this first service. Um, One thing I want you to think about, and it's this. Make sure you're on the right side of history. And let me tell you where that comes from. Okay, right now we're living in a time uh, with a lot of social unrest. And you may be like, Pastor Barry, are you really going to go there again, preach there again? I'm kind of tired. I've done. I've watched enough CNN and Fox. I'm over it. And if that's the case, I get it. So let me just give you a little bit of heads up. I'm not going to preach that message, social unrest message, really this morning. But I want to use that as a jumping off point. So hang with me for a minute here because I believe it really connects and applies. And I think there's some really good truth in there. I've been hearing a lot, and I suspect you have too, about people talking about, I want to be on the right side of history with this whole civil unrest and the, and, and the push for justice and, and, and stopping racism. And that's good. That's fair. I want to be on the right side of history as well. I mean, I've never met the person yet that says, you know what, I kind of like racism. I kind of like injustice. I think we need more of it. I've never met that person yet, okay? They, they don't exist. We all need to be and want to be and should be on the right side of history when it comes to this kind of stuff. But you know what I've found out, and, and this is my perception from afar, but it seems like there's a group of people, some people, 
that are not really so much necessarily interested in social justice as they are in um, social posturing. Let me give you an example. And I don't know these people, and I may be completely wrong, but I'm just going to tell you the perception from afar. Uh, we've got a group out there. This is a, a musical group called um, Lady Antebellum. You guys have heard of her. Some of you have heard of her. She's decided that I don't like that name anymore. It says the wrong thing, sends the wrong message. So I'm going to change my name. It's no longer going to be Lady Antebellum. Now I'm Lady A. Okay. I'm not sure how that's going to change the heart of anybody, but if that's important to you, so be it. But she says she wants to be on the right side of history. And there's another group out there, you guys have probably heard of them, called the Dixie Chicks. Have you ever heard of the Dixie Chicks? It's a music group, singing group, right? Um, country, I believe. I believe that's right. Scotty, is that right? Country? I'm obviously a fan. I don't know why I'm asking Scotty. He wouldn't know that either. Cheryl's giving me a, a, a thumbs up. All right. And they've decided that they don't like the word Dixie in their name, so they want to be on the right side of history. So they're no longer the Dixie Chicks, now they're just the Chicks. All right, if that is important to you, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. But it just doesn't, it, it almost feels like a little bit of social posturing. Hey, look at me make a statement. And I'm thinking, where were you a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago? Why weren't you actively out doing something that truly made a difference? So it feels a little bit like social posturing sometimes. And probably the one I like the most, Ruthie told me about yesterday. Uh, there was this rocker, some of you guys have probably heard of him, called David Lee. His name's David Lee Roth. Some of you that were all about the 80s. Anybody, any 80s fans in here? Yeah, big hair for the girls. I see a few hands. A few of you guys get this. He's decided that he no longer likes or is willing to accept the name Lee because it's connected to the Confederate general, um, and he wants to be on the right side of history, so he's no longer David Lee Roth. He's now David L. Roth. Okay. I don't know his heart. I, feels a little bit like social posturing, but whatever. Now, I say that this morning because I want to take that thought of being on the right side of history, and I want to apply it to God's history. Not God's past, but God's history. Say, what do you mean God's history? Let, let, me, let me explain something to you. God, when it comes to God and history, God knows all that's ever happened, all that is happening, and ever, all that ever will happen. So for God, all time is history. What God's history can be our future. Our future is God's history, if that makes sense. God knows what's coming tomorrow, next week, next year. He knows. People think they know how this world is going to come to an end. They think they know how this is all going to wrap up. God actually does know, because for God, there is no such thing as a future. He knows all things, all times, all places. And I want to preach this morning the idea, and this was the one word, the one sentence, the one thing I felt like God say get across to people is, listen to me guys, you want to make sure when it all comes down, when it's all said and done, you want to be on the right side of God's history. The right side of God's history. You say, now Pastor Barry, what about the whole so social justice issue? You kind of went there, doesn't that matter? Well, let me say something to you, absolutely that matters. If you're a Christian here this morning, you more than any other person in this world ought to be about fairness, righteousness, and justice. And let me just give you a couple of scriptures to support that. Amos chapter 5, he makes a statement all the way back in the Old Testament. He says this, let justice roll down like water. 
And I happen to believe, if we want to talk about the here and now, we as the people of God also need to be on the right side of history. We need to be about justice. Now, we can disagree on what justice looks like, and we can disagree on what fairness looks like, and we can have different uh, beliefs and opinions and perspectives on, on, on uh, politics, but at the end of the day, we all had better be a people that are supportive of justice if we're going to be the people of God. Because God made another statement in Micah, and it goes like this. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Absolutely. We in the present, in the here and now, we need to be on the right side of history. Now, we can disagree about what that looks like, but we had better be a people that are supportive of justice for all people, regardless of skin color, regardless of ethnicity, right? We need to be on the right side of history in the here and now as well. Even Jesus, Jesus made a statement in Matthew 23, 23. He said his, his, one of his greatest chastisements of the scribes and the Pharisees was, that, was this. He said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You've neglected the weightier matters of the law. And he describes the weightier matters of law. Get this, the, the parts of the law that are the heaviest, the weightiest, the, the most important. He says, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So I would say in the here and now, so don't please walk away feeling like, Pastor Barry, you're just kind of throwing the whole where we're at right now in this world aside. I'm not. We need to be on the side of justice. We can disagree about what that looks like, but we as the people of God cannot walk away from justice for all people. We need to be on the right side of history now. But where I really want to preach this morning and where I really want to spend some time this morning is the right side of God's history. We want to be on the right side of God's history. I want to preach this morning. I'm going to look at a number of scriptures, and if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go old school. For those of you that are in here this morning, I don't have slides. I don't have what I usually put up there, and I know for you all, they're normally not there anyway. So please grab your Bibles, your Bible apps, and go to 1 Thessalonians. That's where we're going to be this morning, the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to start out in chapter, chapter 4, uh, verse 13. And I want to just share a little bit of what I'm talking about with regard to the right side of history. So Paul writes this letter to the church at Thessalonica, and he puts it this way. He says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, talking to the church, about those who are asleep or those that are, are asleep in death. They're, they're, they've passed away. They're dead. We don't want you to be uninformed about those that have died before you, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again Jesus died and rose again he's the first fruits the first of of that first resurrection Jesus died and rose again and there will come a day where we also many of us will die and rise again Jesus died and rose again even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. This is our future. This is God's history. This is what's coming for us. This is what God has already preordained and said this is what will happen. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord always. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Let's pray, and then I want to I get into this message. We want to be on the right side of God's history. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning over this message. I pray this morning over this word that you've given me to speak. Help me to communicate it. Help me to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit share it today. Lord, with those that are here in the building and those that are on our Facebook live feed, God, I ask you to speak to hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. People think they know how this is all going to wrap up. Can I tell you this morning, there's one person that does, and that's God. He's already preordained it. For him, it's history. It's already determined. It's already done. And I just read it to you there. There's a day when Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth. He came once as a baby. He came once born of a virgin. He came once with the sole purpose of dying on a cross for your sins and my sins. He came, we call him the lamb, the lamb that was slain. We call him the lamb that was led to slaughter. He came to be born as a man, born of a virgin, hang on a cross to die as a sacrifice for your sins and my sins. But there is coming a day with his saint where the same Jesus will come back. And when he comes back, it's not going to come back as a lamb that was slain, but as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's going to come back at one of those times in one of those ways, not as the lamb that will be a sacrifice again, but he will come back to be the one that will bring righteous judgment upon this earth. Now, sometimes people get all excited and they, they, they don't like us to preach this because we've almost got to the place in our culture to where the idea of judgment is considered offensive. Don't judge me, is what people will say. And I get that if the judgment is hypocritical. So let me just say this to you. When it comes to God and judgment, God's judgment is not ever hypocritical. God's judgment is always righteous. There's another word that we ought to understand that goes along with God's judgment. What God's judgment is, isn't God being judgmental or judgy towards us. It's God practicing justice. And let me say it again, I've never met the person yet, I've never met the individual yet that would say, Pastor Barry, you know what, I am not about justice, I think we got too much justice in the world, we need to get rid of it. That person has never existed ever. And when God comes back the second time, when Jesus comes back the second time, when he comes back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, what he's bringing is going to be judgment, which is to say he's going to bring justice. Justice to who? Justice to Satan? Justice to this, this one we call the devil, justice to the, the one at the time who is the Antichrist, justice to the false prophet, justice to those that for seven years have rebelled against him and refused to surrender their lives into his hand, and justice to those that have made a willing choice in this world to refuse to accept the sacrifice he made on the cross for them. Can I say to you this morning, when that day comes, you want to be on the right side of history. Right? You want to be on the right side of history. He tells us in chapter 5, he says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourself are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in a night. In other words, you won't know when he's coming. I've been listening for 40 years to people tell me that Jesus is coming tomorrow. And they've given me all the clues and all the signs and, and the proofs and, 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 and all the understandings. And you know, up until this point in time, they've always been wrong. 
They had some interesting points. They had some good points. Some of the things they said were, were even accurate. But they've never yet got it right. He's going to come like a thief in the night. And there are those that will, will do this. And I was that guy as a teenager. There are those that will play the game with God and say, God, when I know you're getting close, I've even played this game, which is complete foolishness. But when I hear the sound, when I see people start to rise in that moment, I'm going to make my heart right with you. Can I tell you, that's not even possible. When Jesus returns this next time, it's going to be, Scripture says, in the twinkling of an eye. An eye twinkles like a 127 times a second or some crazy number. I don't remember the exact number. The eye twinkles. You're not going to make your heart right in that moment. Say, Pastor Barry, what are you saying? I'm saying now make sure you're on the right side of God's history because if you wait and you wait and you wait, it'll be too late. Make sure now you're on the right side of God's history. Can I tell you there's going to come a day where this Jesus is going to return? He's going to come back, and in that moment, in that time, He's going to meet those that have died uh, before us, that died in Him, died with a relationship with Him. They're going to rise, and they're going to meet Him in the air. We call it the rapture of the church. People get excited because it's not in the Bible. Well, I just read it to you, described it to you in the Bible. It doesn't use the word rapture, but that's the way we title that experience. Those that are dead and those that are alive in Christ, when he comes back, they're going to rise and they're going to meet him in the air and mortal is going to put on immortal and flesh is going to put on uh, immortality. And you say, Pastor Barry, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't understand how that's going to happen. That's crazy. Let me tell you something. I don't know how that's going to work either. It's not crazy. It's supernatural. All right? It's not science fiction, it's supernatural. It's God's reality. I don't know how it's going to work, I just know that it's going to happen. And in that moment, those that have died in Christ and those that are alive in Christ are going to rise and meet Him in the air. And those that are left, those that are still on this earth, are going to have seven years of God pouring out His wrath and pouring out His judgment upon those that have intentionally rebelled against Him. And even in that, there will be those that have never heard that will give their life to Christ in that moment. Now catch me, catch that. Hear what I said there, because I used to play this game too. Those that have never heard the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ will have an opportunity even in those seven years. If you're sitting in this room or you're on this feed this morning, you are not going to have that opportunity. Thessalonians says this, those that have heard and those that have intentionally rejected, God will give them strong delusion and they'll believe a lie that righteousness will be fulfilled. But there are those that have never heard. In that seven years, they'll still have that chance. But at the end of that seven years, most people will still have made the choice that I'm going to walk away from God. I see it in front of me. I've seen the church taken. I've seen the dead in Christ rise. And yet still, I rebel against you, Jesus Christ. Most people will do that. And after seven years of that happening, we come to Revelation chapter 19. And this is where I want to speak for a moment tonight. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. Because this will be the moment in time where Jesus comes back again. And this coming, he's going to step foot on this earth. This coming, he's going to put his feet on this earth. This coming, he truly will be the lion of the tribe of Judah. This coming, as with the previous coming, we want to make sure we're on the right side of God's history. 
It goes like this in verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe, dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on, a white, on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. My friends, when that day comes, you want to be on the right side of history. You want to be on the right side of history. Scripture goes on in verse 17 and says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him, who was sitting on the horse and against his army. Isn't it amazing that after all that God has done, after the reality of, of he is the creator God, after the death and the resurrection of Jesus on the cross, this one called Satan, this one called the Antichrist, this, the, this one called the beast, will still persuade some men to follow him and they'll be on the wrong side of history. And they'll actually, think about this, they will actually have the, the arrogance, the audacity, the stupidity to believe that if they go to war against God himself, against Jesus Christ on this, they actually have the belief that they can win this thing. You want to be on the right side of history. They came against Jesus. They came against the one on the horse. They came against his army. Verse 20, and the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who in its presence had done by the signs by which he had deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. Listen to me, you want to be on the right side of history. Say, Pastor Barry, what do you mean on the right side of history? How do I get on the right side of history? Let me make it super, super simple for you. Scripture tells us that every single person has a sin nature, every one of us. We're all born in sin, shapen in iniquity, Scripture says. And we in ourselves do not have the capacity to live a life that is good and holy and righteous before God. You can try and try and try and try, and yet our nature is such that we can never fully live righteously before God. And God will not allow any man into his presence who has sin in his life. Now, I'm going to tell you, if that's where the story ended, that would be so sad. Because not one of us would have an opportunity to spend eternity with God. But that's not where the story ended. Because God the Father loves us. Because God cares about us. Because he wanted us to have the opportunity to spend eternity with him. Because he wanted the opportunity himself to spend eternity with us. Now, I, I don't know if that resonates with you. I don't know if that means anything to you tonight or not. But do, do you all get that? Do you get that this morning? 
The God of all creation wants to spend not a moment, not a minute, not a day, not a week, but eternity forever with you. You had a girlfriend? Or a boyfriend? Or a fiancé? Or a spouse? Even those of you that are married, could you say your spouse would want to spend every moment of the rest of existence with you? I hear people laughing. Because my guess is most of them, and you would be the same way with your spouse, right? I love them. But man, i got to give them some space once in a while, right? But God loves you so much, he wants to spend the rest of existence, eternity with you. And because of that, he made a way, and his way was through Jesus Christ, his son. God the son came and he died on a cross. He gave his life to pay a price for the sins that I committed. And all I've got to do is, 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 is go to him in prayer and say, Jesus, I, I admit it, I, I, I'll be upfront about it, God. I'm a sinner. I've got stuff in my life. I've got history in my life. I've got places in my life that are unpleasing to you, and I need a Savior. I need forgiven, and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. And in that moment, in that instant, when I do that, when I make the decision, I'm going to live my life for Christ. I'm going to live my life for Jesus. I'm going to repent of my sins, and I'm going to do the best I can with God's help to live up accordingly to His righteousness. In that moment, you know what happens? I step from the wrong side of history to the right side of history. All of a sudden, I have to stop worrying about the one that goes through the tribulation to be thankful and look forward to the day that I go in the rapture. I have to stop worrying, or I can stop worrying about being the one that's on the other side in the armies of the Antichrist because now I'm going to be back. I'm going to be one that's on a white horse with Jesus Christ. I'm on the right side of history. All i got to do is pray that prayer and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life into your hands and then do the best I can for the rest of my life. You say, Pastor Barry, I've tried it, and I failed. I've tried it, and it didn't work. I've tried it, and I messed up. No, 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 you don't understand. Once you've made the decision, I'm going to live with God. I'm going to live with Jesus. He's forgiven me of my sins. Don't walk away from it. He knows you're not perfect. You know, Christians get labeled sometimes. Oh, you all just think you're perfect. Can I tell you the truth? I've never met yet the Christian, the true Christian, the real Christian, that would look me in the eye and say, yeah, I'm perfect. We know we're not perfect. We know we got issues. We know we got history. We know we got stuff in our life now that we're still working on. It's not that we're, we claim or think we're perfect. It's simply that we're forgiven. And when we mess up, when we miss up, when we screw up, when it goes all asunder and aside, we do it again. We get back on our knees and say, Jesus, God, the Father, forgive me, help me. I need your grace more than ever before. Right? And it puts me on the right side of history. I got three minutes. Y'all still with me? You guys out there still with me? I got three minutes. Let me bring this to a close. I want to read one more passage of Scripture out of chapter 20 of Revelation. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain, and he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan. And he bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he, he must be released for a little while. 
And then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge were committed. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their heads. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Let me bring this to a close with this part of God's history, our future. When the rapture is done and the seven years of tribulation are done and Jesus comes back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's going to step into this world and he's going to say, you know what, I'm here now, I rule, I reign, I rule and reign righteously for the next thousand years. And I believe, and you can, you can have a different perspective on this if you want to, but I believe in that thousand years, that millennium, that Jesus will be here, he will be absolute ruler of this world, I believe those that have already met him in the air, those that have died or were raptured, I believe they're going, I just read it, they're going to have thrones and they're going to judge. So imagine this with me, okay? Let me, let me tell you why you want to be on the right side of history. Imagine this with me this morning, okay? 1,000 years where Jesus has complete control and the righteous, those that have raptured, those that are with Christ, those that have put on immortality, that have made their decision for Christ and will never go back, rule and reign this earth. Do you know that's going to be a pretty cool place? There'll be no sin. There'll no, be no more anger. There'll be no more hatred. There'll be no more evil. There'll be no more racism. There'll be no, no more uh, injustice. There'll be no more of any of those things that so much consume our world today. But think about this with me. A thousand years, there'll be no more death in that thousand years. And I happen to believe in that thousand years, all those people will be there, but I still believe there will be humanity on this earth in that thousand years. And men and women and families and babies will still be born in that thousand years. And in that thousand year period of time, man will still build cities and build homes and build businesses. I believe they're still going to build nations. I believe all those things are going to happen. But, but imagine this with me. Imagine what it would be like if we did all of those things apart from sin, apart from evil, apart from selfishness, apart from thievery and stealing and hatred and self, um, self-grandization, all those. Th- imagine, imagine what humanity could do in a thousand years with Jesus at the helm. Now think about this with me for a minute. I preached a funeral just this past Monday, I mentioned earlier, of a man that was 93 years old. I I tried to get the numbers right earlier, and I don't know that I did. I think he was born in 1927, I believe. Can you imagine, just, just think with me for a moment, what's changed in the world since 1927 to today? That's just shy of 100 years. Airplanes, man on the moon, getting ready to send somebody to Mars. I was born in 66. I grew up in the 80s. I remember a time, you guys hang on, you're not going to believe this. I remember a time when there were no cell phones. I remember a time when computers were something that were a rarity, almost nobody had. And the internet, what in the world was that? Mankind in the last hundred years has created radio and television and ocean liners. I said put a man on the moon. We, we've, think about medicine. Oh my God goodness. Think about longevity, how long we now live compared to where we were in the 1920s. And that's all with anger and hatred and selfishness and bickering and fighting and politics and all that stuff. Can you imagine mankind loosed on this earth with Jesus at the helm for a thousand years, what they could create? Can you imagine that? It'd have to be a pretty cool place. I got to be honest. We dropped again. We're going to see if we come back here. We all good. We're back. 
thousand years of Jesus Christ. You know why you want to be on the right side of history? Because I'm going to tell you that thousand years is going to be an amazing, amazing place. I want to be there. I want to be on that side of history. I gave this illustration in the first sermon, and I can't do it in this one because my iPhone is what keeps dropping off on the feed. I held up my iPhone. I said, you know, can you imagine what the iPhone's going to look like after a thousand years of Jesus Christ ruling and reigning? Right? Now, I'm being silly. I don't know that the iPhone is even going to be an issue in those days, but the technology and the creation is going to be an amazing, incredible world. Listen to me. I want to be on the right side of history. And let me bring this to a close this morning and say to you that are out there on the feed and those of you that are here in this sanctuary, I really had one goal this morning above all else, and that was to have you really look at the condition of your own heart. And I'm going to ask if you would to stand this morning, those of you that are here. If you're sitting in your living room, you keep sitting because I won't know any different anyway. <laughs> but I am going to ask you to close your eyes for just a moment and bow your heads. And I'm going to ask you to take a moment and I'm going to ask you to look inside of yourself and ask yourself the question, am I on the right side of history? Is my heart right with God? Now please, I say this as somebody that loves you and cares about you. If there's anything in there that's displeasing to God, anything in there that you know's put a wedge between you and God, will you take a moment right now and in the depths of your own heart Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, forgive me for that place in my life where I've come up short. Forgive me for that place where I displease you. Live inside of my heart. Create in me a right spirit. Help me to walk with you. Help me to be on the right side of history. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, love you. Um, Pastor Ruthie and I will be gone next Sunday. Pastor Duke will be preaching. We're going to have Facebook Live. He's going to be on Facebook Live. Hopefully it stays connected a little better next week. Um, and I hope you guys caught all this message this morning. Thank you so much for being a part. Love you guys. Love you guys. And um, I will see you in a couple weeks. Have an awesome week. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.